November 18, 1928. Mickey Mouse stars in Steamboat Willie. The first commercially successful animated cartoon to use synchronized sound. Disney's third Mickey short, but the first with sound, debuts as a sneak preview at Universal's Colony Theater. Steamboat Willie is co-directed by Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks and features the first appearance of Minnie Mouse. Walt himself supplies the voice for all the characters, although there isn't any really spoken dialogue, just whistling, grunts, laughter, and other vocal sounds. Walt sits nervously at the rear of the theater to gauge the audience's reaction. To his delight, the colony echoes with laughs and giggles throughout the short. Despite the fact that this is not the first Mickey cartoon made or released, it is still considered Mickey Mouse's true debut and birthday, which was made official in 1978. Hello, and welcome to F. Yeah! Disney, where your hosts... Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F. F yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to episode 12 of F Yeah Disney. We are recording this on November 13th, 2019. Hey, we got it right this episode. I know. Well, recording us the same evening we just recorded our last uh, episode uh, where we started to... Uh, <laughs> where we were going to... We had these big plans. Yeah, for a full episode. <laughs> and then we just rambled about our anniversary. Yeah, and uh, as you heard in the last one, we had a lot of fun just chit-chatting and sharing our stories. A uh, very unstructured episode. Yeah, but really we just wanted to kind of give you some insights into the ideas of spending a full day within the Disney World area. And, uh, we did a lot. Yeah, when you get a park hopper, um, you know, there's certain packages you can get to where you can really spend, I mean, literally spend a full morning to late night evening experience within the parks. And uh, so we just wanted to do that with you guys. And we realized about an hour and 20 into it that if we'd continue this episode, this episode would be like four hours long. So we wanted to break it into two episodes uh, because right now there's a shit ton of things going on out there in Disney and we wanted to cover as much as we could and make things relevant to current times. And for once, I'm not falling asleep at 10 p.m. snoring on the mic. So yeah. I figured, let's go. Let's. I got energy. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So uh, that being said, we're going to be getting into our normal segments, our This Day in Disney to your infinity and your mom. To your infinity. <laughs> to, to your infinity and uh, what the fork your foods. Uh, but also, a special thing that happened this week was Memorial, or no, was uh, Veterans Day. <laughs> Veterans Day. God, I'm way off. And uh, every evening at sunset-ish, uh, Disney does a flag retreat ceremony uh, where they had the barbershop quartet come out. Uh, they have sometimes, uh, well, not sometimes, they always have the uh, Philharmonic come out and they do uh, God Bless America and the Pledge of Allegiance and all that good stuff as part of the ceremony. And they also honor a veteran. And being that it was Veterans Day, uh, they make an extra special event out of it uh, with lots of pops and circumstance. 
And so uh, we had the opportunity to... Pomp? Pomps and circumstances. Is that how it says? It said? said pops. Um, but that's how, you know, having the opportunity to go see this, we did. We had to make sure we were there for it. Um, and it was, it was definitely extra magical that day. Um, I am super patriotic. And uh, because of that, I had I I appreciate and respect those that have sacrificed uh, their lives for our country, but also those who have been either injured or wounded. Uh, whether you're a uh, first responder, police officer, firefighter, medic, uh, etc., or you're in the military, uh, because we couldn't sit here and do this podcast, much less go to Disney the way we do and feel completely secure and safe there, uh, without. The men and women who have uh, risked their lives for us, for our freedom. And uh, we just got to give our respect to them. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, awesome. Uh, so uh, you can check out our, our IGTV. We're doing a lot more stuff on IGTV on our Instagram. Uh, we did. We were able to get a uh, pretty good pretty good video. I was taking the video myself. Uh, was I'm a little shaky, uh, which basically just told me that I need to update my equipment, which I had the, the equipment to do it. I just need to remember to bring it to the park. Um, but that being said... Uh, they started at uh, Town Square at the very front there. Uh, they did the flag retreat ceremony. Uh, it was extra special. They had some kids of uh, whose parents were veterans that were there uh, help with uh, the national anthem or with the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, and then they did the flag retreat ceremony. Uh, the barbershop quartet led the audience and the crowd into singing uh, God Bless America. And then from there, they do their little parade down Main Street. And then they have uh, the side street that they go down. Um, I can never remember the name of that street, but it's right. It's if you're heading down Main Street, it's to the right. Uh, you turn right in front of Crystal Arts. Um, it used to be a left side as well until they redid the whole Emporium area there, which I remember as a kid going to the Penny Arcades and stuff over there on the left side before they uh, redid all that over there. Uh, but anyways, so they came down uh, Side Street and did the ceremony down there where they give out. Uh, typically, they give a certificate. Certificate. They give the veteran uh, they the flag to hold, and then typically they have a large group of cast members and other people that are there, friends and family, uh, that cheer and say thank you to the veterans. Uh, this time they had four veterans that were there, and all four veterans, it was pretty awesome, were cast members uh, that were there that were active cast members uh, that had served in the military. Um and for Julie and I both, we thought it was really extra magical to be there for that. Uh, I believe it was the vice president of Magic Kingdom was there. Was it the president? Jason something his name is. Um, but also just recently, another gentleman, which I is driving me crazy, I can't remember his name. And he was there to also help give out uh, some of the ceremonial flags. And uh, for Julie and I, the Probably the most magical part of the ceremony was there was a World War II veteran that was a surviving veteran that was there. What's that? I'm pretty sure he was Vietnam. No, it was World War II. It was, he was a World War II veteran. Totally. I promise you. Because my grandfather was a World War II veteran, and I, it, it immediately got me teary-eyed. Like, I just, I, you know, I was holding back my tears. Um, but uh, they also gave him a ceremonial uh, flag for that day. And the fun thing was that his daughter was a cast member also. So it was a it was a pretty special moment to see that, and then uh, everybody kind of hung out afterwards, uh, just outside the. But I was in tears. Like he was, wh- what gets me, and I don't think I would have been as choked up, was that he got choked up, and he was just so honored 
and you yeah. know for him to make such a sacrifice for the country and actually be honored that way and he was awarded with the flag that had been flown at on magic kingdom yeah, and it they, was just, yeah it was really special yeah and that was a fun thing too is that they had talked about the, uh, the flags that they gave them were actually flown at magic kingdom that day uh, typically most of uh, all the flags except for the main flag at town square are actually not really true american flags uh, they're missing a couple stripes or they're missing a couple stars and really they're just there for lightning rods more than anything but they're also decorative um but it was it was it was super cool and the families like for me it's probably my favorite thing that magic kingdom does on a daily basis is honor an event like that and uh, it's one of those kind of uh hidden gems if you want to have for like a better term uh within magic kingdom that they do on a daily basis so if you're ever at magic kingdom uh, and you're there around sunset. They do uh, the flag retreat ceremony. Yeah, it's after the last move it, shake it, whatever. Yeah, make yourself Millie Mouseketeer it, whatever <laughs> they call it, a yeah. dance party. Um, so it's after that. So it depends on what time of day that they're doing that one, but it's right after that. Ceremony. Yeah, with, with the time change, it's about six fifteen, six six fifteen. Now they're doing it, something around there. But it was pretty cool. So definitely, if you want to uh, see the full video of that, we, again, have it on our Instagram. You can go follow us on Instagram at FIA underscore Disney. I'll make sure the links are in the show notes for you all to go check that out. And uh, definitely give it a look because uh, you can see see the celebration in its full effect. But uh, other than that, I think it's time for us to get into our first segment of this show, which is going to be This Day in Disney covering November 17th until the 23rd. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think I would. <laughs> and November 17th, 1973, in an hour-long televised question-and-answer session held at Walt Disney World's Contemporary Resort, U.S. President Richard Nixon declares, I am not a crook. In front of 400 Associated Press managing editors, Nixon defends his record in the Watergate scandal. He has flown to Orlando this evening from his Key Biscayne, Florida home for this much-heralded event. It will be a defining moment of Nixon's career and the start of his presidency's downward spiral. Cool, huh? Nixon <laughs> came to the Contemporary Resort to do that announcement. So whenever you see the video uh, now of him saying, I am not well, a crook. But it's also interesting because Disney's very anti-politics now. Right. To the point where they don't want it in their parks and they don't want it to be a part of. Yeah. I wonder if culture. that had something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. November 17th, 1989. Disney's The Little Mermaid is generally released in theaters. Loosely based upon the Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale about a young mermaid willing to give up her life in the sea and her identity as a mermaid to gain a human soul and the love of a human prince. It is its last Disney feature film to use a traditional hand-painted cell animation. That's cool. Directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, a mermaid princess named Ariel, voiced by Jodie Benson, makes a bargain with Ursula, a unscrupulous sea hag, in order to meet a human prince named Eric, voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who lived on land. The voice cast also features Pat Carroll as Ursula. And if you guys have not seen the video yet where Pat Carroll does the ghost host uh, reading on YouTube, check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Samuel E. Wright as Sebastian. Jason Marin as Flounder. Kenneth Mars as King Triton. Buddy Hackett as Scuttle. 
Patty Edwards as Flotsman and Jetson, which are the uh, eels. Ben Wright as Grimsy, Grimsby. And Eddie McClurb as Carolet. Carlotta. Car- Carlotta. Who the hell is Carlotta? Ursula as a human? Probably, yeah, maybe. Alan Menken has written a score, and along with Howard Ashman, they wrote all the songs, including Part of Your World, Under the Sea, and Kiss the Girl. The soundtrack has already been released in October before this movie was released. The Little Mermaid will earn three Academy Award nominations, making it the first Disney animated film to earn an Academy Award nomination since The Rescuers in 1977. <gasps> the Rescuers! Yeah. The film will win two Oscars for Best Original Score and Best Original Song, Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Cool, right? Down where it's wetter. Life is the bubbles under the sea. Uh, that is not the right lyrics in the right order, but that's my favorite line. That's okay. Life is the bubbles. November 18th, 1928. Mickey Mouse stars in Steamboat Willie. The first commercially successful... I'm getting goosebumps. The first commercially successful animated cartoon to use synchronized sound. Disney's third Mickey short, but the first with sound, debuts as a sneak preview at Universal's Colony Theater, located at Broadway and 53rd Street in New York City. It is shown before the feature film Gang War. Steamboat Willie is co-directed by Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks, and features the first appearance of Minnie Mouse. It is animated by Ub Iwerks, Wilford Jackson, and Dick Lundy. The short also features the work of in-between artist Les Clark, who will go on to be one of the Walt's nine old men. Walt himself supplies the voice for all the characters, although there isn't any really spoken dialogue, just whistling, grunts, laughter, and other vocal sounds. Walt sits nervously at the rear of the theater to gauge the audience's reaction. To his delight, the colony echoes with laughs and giggles throughout the short. Steamboat Willie will be shown every night for two weeks. Despite the fact that this is not the first Mickey cartoon made or released, it is still considered Mickey Mouse's true debut and birthday, which was made official in 1978. So 50 years after Mickey's Steamboat Willie premiered, they officially said that that date, November 18th, 1928, would be when Mickey was born. So the whistling from Steamboat Mickey, like as you were saying that, was stuck in my head because that's the intro to so much Disney stuff now. Yeah. This one circles back to our last episode. November 19th, 1971. Walt Disney World's new Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, located at 4510 North Fort Wilderness Trail, opens in Florida. Built in the Magic Kingdom Resort area, adjacent to Bay Lake and Disney's River Country, a now defunct water park, boo, Fort Wilderness is designed with a rustic theme. November 19th, 2012. Although scheduled for a grand debut on December 6th, Magic Kingdom's new Fantasyland expansion at Walt Disney World has a soft opening on this day. November 19th, 2013. Snow falls on Hollywood Boulevard as Disney premieres Frozen at El Capitan Theater. With guests carrying cups of hot chocolate past lit-up pine trees, snow banks, and ice sculptures. The animated musical revolves around Princess Anna, Disney's 12th princess, who must team with a mountain man and his sidekick reindeer to find her sister, the Snow Queen, and end an icy spell that has trapped a kingdom in an eternal winter. Frozen will officially debut on November 27th. November 20th, 1998. 
Disney Pixar's A Bug's Life is released in Los Angeles. The second full-length computer animated feature produced by the partnership of Disney and Pixar Studios, it features an all-star voice cast including Dave Foley, Julie Louise Dravis, Dennis Leary, David Hyde Pierce, Brad Garrett, Kevin Spacey, Phyllis Diller, John Ratzenberger, and Roddy McDowell. Phyllis Diller? Who is she? I don't know. Directed by John Lasseter, the plot of the film is loosely based on Aesop's fable, The Ant and the Grasshopper. A Bug's Life will be generally released on November 25th. And then Ants came out, and what the heck were they thinking with that one? Yeah, I know. And there you have it for this week in Disney, November 17th until the 23rd. What was that last date? And now that we have shared and discussed the past history of Disney, it's now time for us to get into the present and the future with our next segment of To Your Infinity and Your Mom. Try that again. Uh, Dude, whatever I said last time, I don't remember what the fuck I said. It's just To Infinity and Beyond. Not Beyond, but not To Your Infinity. Did I say To Your Infinity again? Yes. And now that we have discussed and shared the past of Disney, it's now time for us to get into the present and future with our next segment. To infinity and your mom. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to and frequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, so now it's time for us to get into some current Disney news. Take it away, Julie. So, we got a lot of news this week for the U.S. parks, which is kind of exciting. So, we'll start at Disneyland. We'll start on the West Coast and kind of move around the world that way. So, Disneyland is talking about how they are going to overhaul the Indiana Jones Adventure Thrill Ride in 2020. So, I had the pleasure of enjoying this roller coaster ride. It's not a roller coaster. This ride in Disneyland when I got to visit there. And it's actually really cool. It's kind of like dinosaur if you've never been to Disneyland. But it's it's incredible. Okay, so my favorite part about this is actually you can look through the ride and see what's coming up and see the other parts of the ride but also still feel like you're in your scene. It was incredible. It was so much fun. So I'm excited to see how they overhaul it yeah definitely but there's just going to be a lot of repairs and things like that so i assume that it'll be closed for a while to do the overhaul because i feel like that's probably going to be the easiest way for them to get all of that done so i guess one pretty tragic piece of news. I mean, I guess it's not tragic, but interesting. There was a Disneyland attraction that closed because a guest broke a wooden slat while jumping on the suspended bridge, and this was in Tarzan's treehouse. What a dick. 
<laughs> the statement is actually really funny. It says, The Tarzan Treehouse attraction at Disneyland was reopened Monday morning after it was forced to close on Sunday when a guest damaged a wooden slat while reportedly demonstrating to his children how strong the suspended bridge was. And the last Disneyland news is they are revamping the Snow White Scary Adventure. And then Knott's is bringing back Berry Tales. Knott's Berry Farms? Um, yes. Which is interesting. And I don't know how the two correlate at all. But it doesn't really give any sort of information about what's being revamped with Snow White's Scary Adventure. But there is a scene... No, wait. I'm thinking of Alice in Wonderland. Never mind. Ignore me. But Snow White's Scary Adventure is getting revamped. Again? What do you mean again? So when Snow White first opened up, it was just called Snow White's Adventure. And the evil witch in that ride was scary as shit looking. Like, horrified people for generations. And then they did it, because uh, initially when that ride opened up, it was just, uh, you were riding the ride from the perspective of Snow White, and she was actually not even in the ride. So uh, it became eventually, uh, people were kind of confused, so they turned it into Snow White's Scary Adventure, which they then included the princess into the ride. Kind of dumbed down the queen a little bit. Still scary looking. I wonder if they're going to go back to making her extra scary, because that would be super cool. Yeah. And just on a side note, uh, we're going to be getting into way more details on this whole topic of uh, the Magic Kingdom's version uh, in a new series that we're going to be doing uh, with a first part of the series covering the expansion of New Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom. It's going to be a whole separate podcast. On top of awesome. Separate yeah. episodes. Yep. So stay, stay tuned for that. New news about... New news. Galaxy's Edge. Oh. We have some opening dates for Rise of the Resistance. Ooh, I can't fucking wait for this. Holy shit. Disney World? You ready? I'm ready. December 5th. Mm, so close. That's like next week. Yeah, it feels like it. It's not really. It's like three weeks from now, but it's three weeks from now. I'll still be full from Thanksgiving dinner. Right? Yeah. You'll still be crapping out turkey. Oh, man. And then in Disneyland, it's January 17th. So they got Galaxy's Edge first. We get Rise of the Resistance first. Hell yeah. Super cool. It's just going to be insane. And I'm so I'm a little concerned that I'm going to get super nauseous on this ride. Like actually really terrified. Because I know that I'm not going to want to only ride this once. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. You can do it. If you can ride the teacups. So we talked about this on last episode. So you totally stole my to infinity in your mom thunder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but y- my, <laughs> my favorite is the title of this episode. It's you'll be wild about the holidays mm. at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And you will is spelled like you will log. Pretty hilarious. Love it. But. It's really exciting. I'm really excited that Disney is throwing some Christmas attractions into Animal Kingdom. It really made our visit there super magical. Oh, yeah, totally. Not that Animal Kingdom isn't always magical because Animal Kingdom is incredible and massive and 
you never realize how big it is until you're walking through it. Because, and like, there's so many trees and there's so many different, like, winding pathways. It is ginormous. There's a lot of fucking walking. Yeah, it's a big property. And didn't you say it's always 10 degrees hotter because of something? They say 10% hotter, but I'll go with 10 degrees. (laughs) 10% is more logical. Yeah. But yeah, incredible. So it's really exciting, and we're really excited for this. And if you didn't listen to last episode, and if you didn't, um, why not go back and listen to it? It was an amazing episode about us celebrating our anniversary together, so go listen to it. Yeah, yeah. But there are these really awesome little animals that come out, and there's apparently some fun stuff happening near Pongu Pongu, and there are Christmas decorations up at Pandora, and just beautiful decorations are all around the park and what i love about this and about the decorations that they put up is that they still stayed true to the heart of animal kingdom yeah 100 percent. all the decorations are still animal based and if you look in the different countries they're decorated with a lot of original customs from like they're handmade yeah, exactly. And yeah. a lot of like trinkets and things like that that yeah. really make you feel like you're still in like it's not Africa with the Grinch everywhere or <laughs> right. <laughs> you Ex- know, exactly. it still feels true to Animal Kingdom's original message, which is really awesome and I like it and it made me extra super happy and warm inside walking through Animal Kingdom. Yeah. In Disneyland Paris, they released their first ever Christmas advertisement. Oh, interesting. It's about a magical tale. Sorry, it's a magical tale about a discovery made by Santa. Hmm. He creates a magical potion. I really want to see this ad because the description of this ad is very confusing. It talks about how Santa creates a potion so powerful that every... Oh my god, why can't I say words? That even a single drop has... Santa creates the potion. So powerful that even a single drop has astonishing powers. He entrusts his best elf with the task of sprinkling the golden liquid all around the world to share Christmas joy. And then the mischievous elf has an accident, falls from the sky into a pile of powdery snow, cracks a bottle, the liquid is lost forever... But apparently it's not because apparently the Disney magic turns into Disneyland Paris. And also it snows in Disneyland Paris. Why are we not there right now? I know. I've seen video of like Stitch having snowball fights like in the real snow time. In the real snow time? In the real snow time. Looks magical as hell. You can tell Jason has not lived around snow often enough in his life. I've seen it twice in my life. That he calls it the real snow time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah oh my gosh and honestly the castle in Paris looks extra magical with a light dusting of snow oh so beautiful so beautiful so I don't really have any news from Shanghai but as I was looking through the Shanghai Disney Resort webpage there's some really cool entertainment options that they have. They have a frozen sing-along, which seems like our frozen sing-along on steroids. Super fun. They have a learn Tai Chi, 
which are super cute because you're learning Tai Chi with characters and it's like Donald and Chip and Dale in their little Tai Chi outfits teaching you Tai Chi. Like, that's super cool. They have a festival of the moon. It's just really cool to look around the different parks and see around the world different ways that they are incorporating their traditions but in a disney way yeah totally i just think it's so cool i think it's how i think the halloween celebration is the same way like it's, it's fun to see the variations of like even if you take like the haunted mansion for instance how like it, each park has its own variation of it because like in japan they don't like think ghosts are celebrated as a scary thing it's more of a a celebrate celebratory fun kind of campy and then is honored. it in hong kong where it's just like torture Mystical. to the nth degree last year in halloween they do like the mazes and stuff yeah yeah the scary stuff but that's what they do and they know their audience and that's something that they live for and that they love and so disney caters to that over there and i wish they'd do that here yeah i want a very scary christmas party yes a very merry scary Halloween party. So, in Hong Kong Disneyland, they've apparently revealed some 3D... I wanted to say sketches, but they're not sketches. 3D models of the new Frozen Village that's Mm -hmm. going in, which is super exciting. And I'm not sure when we get that. We get that in 2021. Sorry. I do know. Um... And there's going to be a really fun ride that seems very similar to Seven Dwarfs Mine Ride. Seven Dwarfs, except the cart doesn't sway back and forth like in Seven Dwarfs, but they're actually in sleds. And I hope they don't explode if they fall into the snow as sleds normally do. (laughs) But that just seems super fun and it's super exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. It's called the Wandering Oaken Sliding Sleds. Yoo-hoo, yeah. big summer blowout. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. And then next, this one is actually really cool. So it's not actually news that was reported by Disney, but I assume they do, you know, release different information about traffic in the parks and things like that, because obviously that has to do with profits and things like that. But a record 15.7 million people visited Tokyo Disney between April and September of this year, which is a record for Disneyland as it states in (laughs) the article title. It's getting late, guys. But that's really cool because it's the second year in a row where they've had a record high for this period of time, which is really exciting because it means more people are visiting the parks and it's becoming more profitable for Disney. Yeah awesome yeah that is all i have sweet and that was our current updates of going on out there in the world of disney with two infinity and your mom and now we're going to talk about disney plus which just released uh as of this recording yesterday we are in uh post disney plus recording mode i did such a good job waiting for jason to come home to watch disney plus because i logged in when I woke up at 6.30 in the morning 
And I waited until 10 o'clock at night before we watched any Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, we both caught up and uh, I went on to my TV, which is fairly new, 2017 or uh, 2012. <laughs> it acts like a 2017. Uh, but come to find no, out. it doesn't. It acts like a 2001. Oh. It's slow. It's got when a you great hit Netflix, it's like, sorry, it's got a great I'm picture. still loading. Warming up. Excuse me. It's like an old engine in a car, but it's got a great picture. Um, but that being said, uh, Disney Plus had lots of issues on opening day. Uh, with we did not experience any of them. With streaming, uh, whether you had uh, Apple TV or with Verizon oh, or uh, what have you. And a lot of it just had to do with uh, either contracts not being finalized, like say with Verizon, they're still finishing up their shit there with them. But Verizon, if is you have Verizon free. cell phone, you get a year of it for free. All right. Um had I known that before I paid for three years. Yeah. But uh, that being said, so a lot of... Fuck Verizon. Um, is that a lot of uh, like technology we have these days is being updated so fast, a lot of things are becoming outdated. Uh, soon, from what I understand, Netflix, when they update their new uh, streaming, uh, a lot of TVs that have Netflix now won't be able to stream Netflix on them because they won't be able to handle the new updated application. Uh, for instance, like the WWE Network just did a recent update a couple months back. And everything that I own, I cannot stream the WWE on, including the 4K TV in here. Like, I, the, you can't use the app on it. It's crazy. It sucks. I'm about to having a screen mirror image off of my laptop onto the TV, which is a pain in the nuts. Um, but that being said, uh, there are definitely... Uh, yesterday, we I posted on Instagram. Uh, everybody was, most, most social media posts were, uh, what's the first thing you're watching kind of posts. And for us, it was all about... You can't Not watch every, everything. Here, let us help you. Yeah, we, we we're all about helping uh, you guys out and, and as much as we can. So that's what I got up. Julie went off to work, and I uh, went online and started doing some research and just trying to find out what dates and stuff. And most of the stuff that I was finding is most technology, well, the TVs wise, a lot of it was 2015 and newer. Uh, but again, it doesn't mean it's going to necessarily you're going to be able to stream it on everything. So what I would say is if you have been having issues um you can unplug or turn on turn off uh, your devices yeah i actually had to completely do a soft reset on my iphone today yesterday i had no problem with streaming but today i had an error and i kept getting an error and i was getting really really frustrated but then i just reset my phone and it let me log right back in no problem yeah and I would say that's the biggest. That's the thing, you know. It's, and, and a lot of some, not some, not everybody, but some people are freaking out about the whole situation. I mean, you know, to me, I, I can't freak out about it because people are losing their lives every day, and that's more to freak out about than not being able to download fucking Disney Plus on your thing. Even though Disney has been hyping the shit out of this, and the excitement has been building, and for us, we had our long list of things we wanted to watch. Um, but the number one thing we wanted to watch was The Mandalorian. First thing. Um, the number one thing I want to However, Montana. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. So I got off work last night. I uh, got back to the house. And uh, the very first thing we watched together was the new Forky. Forky ask the question. Ask the question. Oh, my gosh. Which it's is three minutes phenomenal. and 26 seconds long. And we literally cried laughing for the entire three minutes and 26 seconds. Yeah, it Forky is hysterical. Is so hilarious. Definitely recommend it. And it's geared towards kids and, again, asking questions. Like, the first episode was about money. So it's brilliant because kids don't think of it as, like, oh, I'm learning about shit. But it was actually really informative. But it also has this insanely humorous element that makes it... God, yeah, so Yeah, excited about his eyes moving or his arms. Time. 
Look at my arms. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what they do. Just so <laughs> funny. But uh, I got in the shower and Julie watched a two thirds of an episode of Hannah Montana. And then he came out of the shower and he's like, "So you ready to watch Mandalorian?" And I was like, "No, I'm finishing my episode of Hannah Montana." You crazy man. Yep. And I made her turn it off. So here's my issue. My only issue, because everything has been wonderful, and we'll talk about all the wonderfulness. When we accidentally, and by we, I mean I totally accidentally, exited out of the Imagineering story, it didn't save our spot. Right. So here's the deal. Um, so just kind of back up. We watched Mandalorian. Incredible episode. Continuing a lot of stuff within Star Wars. It's just... It's probably some of the best Star Wars content I've seen in a really long time. Incredible. It happens It start, It happens after the Empire has fallen. Does it? Which is... Uh, yeah, it does. Are you 100% sure? 100% sure. They says it. Greg and I went online, did research and everything. Um, not going to give you spoilers away from it. I just want to say, if you're a Star Wars fan, you have got to watch this show. Um, and then the second thing we watched was the uh, Imagineering Story uh, documentary series. Which was phenomenal. Uh, a lot of stuff that they showed, I was very familiar with, but then there was a lot of things and footage that they had uh, shown that I had never seen before. I loved that when they went over the Carousel of Progress, they showed the video that they show while you're waiting in line for the Carousel of Progress. I yeah. was like, oh my god, I know that. That's so awesome. It was just really cool. Uh, for me, the most, the biggest touching moment of that whole thing, the I think the funniest thing was seeing all of the pirates that were going. Uh, from the Imagineer workshop to Disneyland to get it installed, uh, riding the back of a pickup truck down the highway in, in California was hilarious. Uh, but the most touching moment was seeing Bob Gurr, uh, sharing and showing off the basketball hoop that's inside of the. And then he finally signed and they the signed wall. The, yeah, and that was inside of the uh, freaking what's it called? Matterhorn. Matterhorn. Yeah, sorry, brain fart. And uh, there's a, w- a couple walls in there that cast members that I've worked there have signed over the years. All of them that work there. Yeah, and uh, a couple of them. He finally got to sign the wall, and I mean, it brought me to tears just seeing that. It was just, just super, super magical. Uh, but it's gonna be a great series and some great insights into what's going on. Um, but back to what Julie was talking about, uh, she actually backed out of the thing on accident. You know, while she was snoring on the couch with her her butt cheek hit the hit the remote or something like that. <laughs> it was not my butt cheek. But uh, what I notice is with like with Netflix, they have a bar on there of previously watched episodes, or you haven't finished yet, yep. and it allows you to go to right back to that. Where this Disney Plus uh, app does not have that whatsoever. Uh, so today, while I was watching some stuff on my laptop out in my studio at home, doing some glass blowing stuff, um, I was catching up on some old X Men cartoons, watching Wolverine and the X Men, and my uh, hotspot on my phone would stop working or like for instance i'd have a laptop plugged in so my laptop died and I had to restart it and i had to go back into the search part of the app to find what i was watching but when i went to what i was watching i went to that episode it started off right where i left off and it actually backed up about 15 seconds which i liked um maybe about 10 seconds but um what they need is a either continue watching bar or restart type of thing because sometimes you fall asleep and it's yeah, you start from, from beginning. It finally turns off when there's 10 minutes left in the episode and you missed 40 minutes of it. Right. So, it's just those little kind of things, like you know. But what's, what's so cool with this is there's just so much on there. We really, even though we have a playlist, didn't know where to start. There's so much I want to watch. Oh, I knew where I was going. And I had to, ask, well, in a sense, yes. <laughs> but, like, there's so many things. Like, I started watching Clone Wars today and Julie hasn't seen Clone Wars. Neither have I. The, the animated series. So, we 
I asked her about it, and she was like, yeah, I'd like to watch it together. So I stopped watching what I was watching. My favorite, though, is when you go into the search, there are a bunch of different collections. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I mean, they're all incredible. But the first one is Disney Through the Decades. Yeah. And when you click on it, it has, you know, from the 20s to the 30s, and then the 40s, and the 50s, and the 60s, and the 70s. And it goes through, and you can actually see the different, like, Steamboat Willie is literally, like, the first thing listed, obviously. And it's just so incredible to see all of these things that, you know, a lot of people who had crazy Disney fanatic families had all of these to be able to watch. And I'm probably the first crazy Disney fanatic in my family, so I don't have everything, you know, cataloged from the 20s and the 30s. And they're all things that I've wanted to watch and watching them on YouTube, you know, are terrible quality. You have to get like part one of six and and things like that and then find the the future episodes. And so this is just really awesome that you can go back and see all these things. What I want to know is there are a couple VHS tapes that I have of like a Disney sing-along and things like that. I want to know. We haven't had a chance. There's so much content on this. We haven't had a chance to even hit the tip of the iceberg and go through all of the content that it is on. It's And this is just the beginning of it. They haven't, they haven't even released they haven't even added everything. And I am curious to see if those, you know, kids sing alongs will end up on here because we don't have a VHS player. Right. I would think so. Like I'm looking forward to like the wonderful world of Disney Sunday night movies that they used to play. Like Mr. Boogity was one of them. I remember growing up with, and there was several different versions of that, that series-wise, you know, that came out. And Michael Eisner was usually the host, and he'd have Mickey or Tink on there, and some, some kind of form or some kind of something that had to do with that episode. And uh, I'm looking forward to just to seeing that kind of stuff coming up and when it's going to be released or not. But it's a, again, it's just, it's such a an amazing moment for Disney for Disney fans. And then the other thing too is people are really angry about certain things not being on Disney Plus now. But you also have to remember that Netflix, Amazon Prime, things right, like this they have, have contracts, contracts that once <laughs> once those contracts are up, Disney yeah. snatching that stuff right back up. Yeah. But, you know, for instance, The Last Jedi isn't on here. But it's probably what HBO or something like that. It's on that Netflix. Has. Is it Netflix right yeah. now? Yeah. So yeah. So Netflix is going to be losing a lot of content here pretty soon because. And I've noticed that a lot of Disney stuff has fallen off that I've wanted to watch before Disney Plus came out. Basically, The Emperor's New Groove, and I was like, "Well, I guess I got to wait till November twelfth because I knew that it falling off of Netflix meant that right. it was going to be on Disney Plus." But then series so. that were like uh, the Marvel series that came out, the um, freaking Luke Cage and uh, all those ones, like Iron Fist, what have you. Uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, you know, like all those ep- those series, uh, they have a three-year uh, deal where they can't produce anything of those episodes or of those uh, shows, anything new content-wise. Uh, for I think it's three years until a- uh, after they end their shows. I just found about It's Christmas Carol. I told you it was on there. So it's Treasure Island. Hopefully, we'll eventually get that. We'll get Daredevil back on again. Oh shit. So hopefully we'll get Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and all those guys that had their separate TV shows, Punisher, uh, on the Disney Plus eventually. You know, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what happens here. But so that being said, uh, just just be patient with it. There's a lot of people downloading this right now. Server errors and issues are going to happen. 
I'm so excited for all the Disney Channel shows that are on here. Like, this is my childhood right here. And if you're not and sure... some of my adulthood, not going to lie. Um, and if there's, you know, if you're, if you're having an issue with a certain technology that you have, don't call Disney right away necessarily. Do a little research yourself on Google. Um, I know Disney's uh, customer service or Disney Plus customer service is getting backed up. And uh, you might be on phone waiting for an hour. So I'd recommend just doing a little research first. And then if you can't find anything, then go ahead and call Disney Plus and uh, they'll help you out for sure. But uh, that being said, uh, I think it's time for us to get into our next segment. Talking about some foods and what happenings out there in Disney with our What the Forky Foods. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Shoots ah. <gasps> and ladders. All right, so now it's holiday time and lots of fun things out there in the world of Disney, I'm sure, that are associated with food and holidays. Time to take it away, Julie. What do you have for us? So I'm really excited. I'm going to talk about all the Christmas stuff that they have. I know, it's a little early. There's a lot of treats that are available throughout the holiday season in the Disney parks. And there are some that are only exclusive to the Very Merry Christmas Party and I'm very sad because I'm not doing a very merry Christmas party this year. And really the only reason why I wanted to do a very merry Christmas party is for this orange bird dessert that I will talk about in a moment. And I feel like spending an extra $100 just to get an orange bird dessert. Probably the most, not the most logical decision ever. But we will start with the adorable Olaf frozen hot chocolate cake. Mm, adorable. It's super cute. It's a chocolate cake layered with chocolate crispy pearls, chocolate panna cotta, and marshmallow fluff. This sounds much more magical than the Hocus Pocus cupcake. I'd never want to eat Orloff more than my life than after seeing that thing. Uh-huh. That's what she said. <laughs> you pervert. So they always have a brownie at Casey's Corner that's served in a little plastic container and is generally like the crappiest brownie ever. And it's something that you get with a school lunch in like elementary school but this one actually looks really pretty it's a snowflake brownie so the top is blue frosting with some little white snowflakes and obviously it's brownie underneath the holiday mickey cinnamon roll that just okay so yay cinnamon roll it's ginormous it just seems so played out easy and unoriginal safe and exactly because they literally had the exact same one for halloween it just had orange drizzle on it and it didn't have the santa hat chocolate like i love me some cinnamon rolls and i guess if the cinnamon roll shaped like mickey is starbucks's signature thing then i guess super cool that they had different color frosting on it for different holidays but i'm not impressed no, but that Hocus Pocus cupcake thing that they had was awful. You thought it wasn't, and then I told you it was the conf- the Funfetti cake, and you didn't know that. It so. wasn't, so it was actually, it had cinnamon and pecan and something else. It wasn't Funfetti in the sense of Funfetti. It had little speckles of fall flavors in there. Uh, also way too sweet and horrible. I but, thought it was fucking incredible. But you like crazy sweets. I know. My issue with it is that the cauldron was black frosting. I pooped green for like four days. Yeah, me too when I had a bite of it. Instead of chocolate mousse. Chocolate mousse is my favorite dessert ever in life. If they had made that chocolate mousse, I never would have shared that cupcake with you. 
Yeah, it's a cupcake though. Why are they gonna put chocolate mousse on a cupcake? Why wouldn't you put chocolate mousse on a cupcake? It's like frosting except better. It's chocolate mousse. It goes with like something else. No. I've never had chocolate mousse on a cupcake. Well, then clearly you're like missing out on all the best things in life. Mousse goes with the uh, maple syrup. Ew. Uh, on what planet? I'm referring to the animal in I, Canada. Okay. <laughs> they have moose moose in Canada. It's super adorable. Yeah. But Like moose poop? No, it's literally moose shaped like a moose. That's funny. That's amazing. But yeah, moose. Because then it's not artificially <laughs> flavored and disgusting. and Okay, so I will have one thing to say about this black frosting. A lot of times when you do something so saturated in color, all you can taste is the dye. And it was impressively not super dye tasting. It wasn't super frosting tasting. It, you could still taste the dye. I don't, you couldn't, obviously. Oh, no, I could. Okay. I could tell it was dyed. But I could definitely taste the dye. And that made me really sad. So the party exclusive at Cosmic Rays is the carved turkey sandwich, which sounds phenomenal. Applewood smoked bacon, smoked gouda, turkey, chipotle garlic aioli, lettuce, and tomato on a roll. And then obviously you have the entire condiments bar i would put the french fried onions on this to round that out sounds terrible why i'm just talking shit (laughs) at auntie gravity's galactic goodies and i had auntie gravity's auntie like your aunt yeah that's literally what it's called oh is it really yeah we're like sunny eclipse plays music like instead of anti-gravity yeah. It's Auntie Gravities. Where Sunny Eclipse plays? I don't know. Next to the teacups? No. Where is this at? Uh, next to Venus and Mars, whatever that like shop is. Basically across oh, from Spaceship Earth. the ice cream parlor store there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of Cosmic Rays. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm No, we just talked about yeah, Cosmic I'm, Rays. I'm confused. Sorry. 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 So for Halloween, they had a pumpkin spice milkshake that I needed to try because it looked adorable, but was like, yeah, it's probably like it was very artificially orange. And I was like, nope, this is going to be terrible. And it was fucking amazing. And that marshmallow is the most perfectly cooked marshmallow I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, and yeah. I've made some damn good marshmallows. Me. Yeah. <laughs> but now they have a Christmas cookie milkshake. Which is a cookie butter milkshake topped with whipped cream and a Mickey marshmallow straw. Now, this one seems like it would probably be a little too sweet for me, but now I have to try it because the fucking pumpkin spice one was so goddamn good. (coughs) And that's available at all times. The, oh, I guess this one is also available daily. No, no, the Christmas cookie Sunday. It says very Merry Christmas party, which makes me think that it's only available for the Christmas party, but they probably just put that white chocolate block on it just for the Christmas party. But they have a cookie butter soft serve terp- terped topped with whipped cream, chocolate sauce, sprinkles, and white chocolate pieces. Again, they had a pumpkin spice ice cream sundae that was topped with candy corn and a caramel sauce, which I thought sounded awful. But the milkshake sounded delicious, so I got the milkshake, and the milkshake was amazing. Same way with the cookie sundae. Cookie sundae sounds disgusting, but the milkshake sounds phenomenal. 
a party exclusive at Gaston's Tavern is beer cheese with smoked bacon bits served with breadstick antlers. Super cute. Breadstick antlers. I want it. So, one thing that Disney has been doing a lot lately is these really adorable character prints on a waffle. Like a thin waffle crisp, if you will. And so, at Storybook Treats, this actually sounds phenomenal, but also kind of looks like baby poop. Is the gingerbread sundae, and it's gingerbread soft serve. A gingerbread soft serve sundae topped with cream gingerbread pieces and a Minnie Mouse waffle topper. After smelling the gingerbread i feel like i want this sunday oh yeah i've been craving gingerbread for like a week and a half now mm, gingerbread. so i have to make this for you my mama makes this gingerbread cake mm-hmm. it's literally a loaf and then it's served with a citrus whipped cream dude it's fucking phenomenal sounds like it it's so delicious so because i so i don't like gingerbread cookies because they're too hard and crispy but give me like a soft molasses cookie or a soft gingerbread cookie or gingerbread cake. And I'm all for it. Mm. I like soft cookies. And then this one is the one that I want forever and always and ever. And I can't get it because it's a party exclusive. But they have an orange bird Christmas, which is orange scented white chocolate mousse. And like, again, I probably wouldn't like this because I don't like white chocolate. And white chocolate mousse just kind of sounds gross to me. But it is orange-scented white chocolate mousse filled with orange curd with a citrus almond cream cake, buttercream leaves, and a white chocolate piece. So, here's why I feel like I would like it. Because orange curd and citrus almond cream sound phenomenal. Yeah. But also white chocolate? Why? Why do you do that to me? Because it's probably like an orange creamsicle and I bet it's bomb as fuck. So, I hear that this one is absolutely disgusting. Because it tastes like medicine and I can understand why. Because artificial cherry and artificial pistachio both taste disgusting. And because of the flavoring and the coloring of this swirl, it makes me think that these are both extremely artificially flavored and probably taste like medicine. So this is available at Ohio and it's available daily. So I'm going to go get one and try it and let y'all know if it's horrendous and maybe cry a little bit if it is. Yeah. But a cherry and pistachio swirl soft serve. And wait for it. The float is served over cold hot chocolate. What the fuck is cold hot chocolate? Uh, it's like an ice cream. Isn't that like chocolate milk? It's like uh, jumbo shrimp. Anyway, so that sounds terrible but a party exclusive which seems a little weird to me because this doesn't look super christmasy at all is the kakamora float which is coconut soft serve what coconut soft serve why is coconut soft serve not available every day and why can i not get that swirled with pineapple where is this at ohio ohio aloha Ohio. (laughs) so your mission should you choose to accept it is to get me some of this fucking coconut soft serve. Thanks. So it's coconut soft serve on top of pineapple juice and non-alcoholic blue curacao syrup topped with a chocolate kakamora cake pop. Oh my God. This is like, I wonder how much that costs because it looks incredible. This one's so cute. So this one's a party exclusive that is a Pecos Bill. Pecos Bill. So Pecos Bill usually has like a worms and dirt kind of 
party exclusive for the Halloween party. But this one looks super magical for the Christmas party. And it's a Sven carrot cake. So it's a carrot cake topped with cream cheese icing. Yes and yes. Thank you. Sugar carrots. What? It's literally a sugar cube shaped like a carrot. Who doesn't want that? And why can't they do more sugar things instead of white chocolate? I'll eat a sugar carrot all day, every day. White chocolate? No way. And a chocolate spin. A white chocolate spin. Um, this is amazing because tamales are phenomenal and magical and amazing. But they are also a party exclusive. And they are three house-made tamales filled with shredded chicken and your choice of toppings from the complimentary fixin' bar. And they have chocolate churros that are available daily. But they're literally just churros topped with red and green sprinkles. Served with chocolate dipping sauce. There's nothing special about them at all. Don't waste your money. Sorry, Disney. They have a red velvet waffle served daily at the Sleepy Hollow with a Mickey imprint in the middle. Fun fact, I met the wife of the gentleman who actually makes the molds for these Mickey waffles. Amazing. My favorite waffles, especially when I make my own. <laughs> I've witnessed some of these uh, endeavors. So the Santa Mickey Waffle Sundae is a red velvet waffle topped with mint chocolate chip ice cream, seasonal sprinkles, chocolate sauce, and peppermint powder. Peppermint powder? That seems weird. Yeah. Like there's so many... Okay. So my issue with party exclusives... If there's so many of them, I want them all, and I never have enough time to try all of them. Let's try them all. How? I don't know. Take our time. I know, but we're not going to a Christmas party. I know. So they have a Tis the Season, which is available at Cool Ship, and it is a party exclusive. It is chilled Fanta orange mixed with cranberry juice and green apple popping pearls. They have anal beads and Disney. Hey, popping pearls. <laughs> My favorite. And then they have the To Be Jolly Float, which is at the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, which is peppermint iced coffee topped with vanilla ice cream, crushed peppermint, and a chocolate Minnie Mouse bow. Super adorable and looks super delicious. Yeah. Ooh, this one actually looks amazing and it's available all day and I need to try it. It is called Deck the Halls and it is frozen eggnog topped with whipped cream, confetti sprinkles, and a chocolate bulb. Mm. Oh, I thought that was a spoon. It's a chocolate bulb. Cute. Cute, cute, cute. And then during the Christmas party, they have some cookies and some pretzels. They're basically everything that they... Ha There's nothing new. The ginger molasses cookie is my absolute favorite cookie. So if you go to the Christmas party, stuck up on that one. It is bomb as fuck. It's just like I was speaking earlier mm -hmm. about how my favorite type of gingerbread is soft and gooey and magical. They are. Which, okay, sorry, gooey is not really the way to describe a super good cookie, but it totally is. It makes sense. But so the complimentary goodies that they have for the Christmas parties are Snickerdoodles cookies, hot chocolate, and Fanta, snowman pretzel, peppermint cookie, chocolate chip cookie, ginger molasses cookie, apple cider, and eggnog. And did I say chocolate chip cookie? Yes, I did. Last year, when Amy and I were there, it was a really hot night, and I was so fucking thirsty. And they had these little containers of... If you've ever had a slush puppy from oh like yeah. the gas station, yep. it's literally little pellets of ice with some sort of juice on top of it. 
So I was so thirsty that I was drinking the juice from this and the ice wasn't melting fast enough. I <laughs> almost threw one of them across the park last year, but then I would be super thirsty. So I was like holding onto one and Amy would like swirl one and I'd drink one and we'd like flip flop them till I was quenched and that did not happen. Mm-hmm. But that is all the snacks at Christmas in the Magic Kingdom. So obviously there are some more around the rest of the parks, but I will continue to tell you about those as the season continues on because I don't want to overload you with holiday cheer yet. Holiday cheer. Is that it, love? Well, there you go. Some current happenings out there in the food world. If you'd like your snacks and uh, other fun things for the holidays. Definitely go check it out, and we'll be posting lots more on our Instagram, keeping up to date with all the fun stuff out there in the food world within Disney. I think it's time for us to wrap this up. Uh, we've talked extensively tonight. We recorded for about three hours and uh, got two podcast episodes out of this, and uh, we were going to make it one big long one, but we figured we'd break up into two episodes. So, uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you want to follow us out there in the social feeds, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FIA underscore Disney. You can find us on Facebook at FEI Disney. We're going to be starting a community group on there very soon and a Patreon page to uh, get more intimate and exclusive with you all and talk about some fun things and uh, some exclusive content and details coming very soon for that. Plus our new podcast episodes and addition to the show. Uh, we're still coming up with a name for it. Uh, maybe FEI Disney history or some kind of something. Uh, but we're going to be covering some in-depth details about history within the parks and Disney, uh, specifically Walt Disney World itself. Um, and our first series, which I've been doing a ton of research on the last two months or so, uh, on the expansion of New Fantasyland. And uh, I've opened up a lot of can of worms and uh, definitely gotten to some holes that I took me a while to get out of. Uh, a lot of controversy and details and happenings out there that happened uh, in about a 10-year span uh, with New Fantasyland opening up. So stay tuned for that. And uh, I guess until then, we'll see you next time on episode whatever of F.E. at Disney. And again, as a great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee. Rest in peace, the haunting's free. So hurry back, we would like your company. Hurry back, hurry back. Be sure to bring your death certificate.